Welcome to the wonderful world of wine, exploring all things wine with you. We are your hosts, Kim Simone and Mark Lenzi, and every week we bring you trending topics from the wine world. You can find us on Facebook at The Wonderful World of Wine. everyone and welcome to the wonderful world of wine the annual thanksgiving edition yay mark we love to talk about food and wine when it comes to thanksgiving don't we we love talking about what to serve with the bird kim and, and what to especially serve this year, with the bird <laughs> we all need wine this year it's been a crazy year it seemed uh. like it flew by but a uh, very important part of Thanksgiving is what to do with the wines, what to pair with these meals. Right. So we're going to talk with our listeners. Probably, yeah, we're going to be you know, probably a different Thanksgiving a little bit for a lot of people if people decide to not travel, maybe have a smaller gathering or, you know, just whoever's in your bubble for your Thanksgiving meal this year. So people may not be drinking as much wine or have as much variety of wine on their tables if they usually have 20 people and this time they only have four or six. So we want to give you some what we think is good advice for making your Thanksgiving meal just a little bit nicer by the addition of a couple of bottles of nice wine. Yeah, this is uh, it's just I just want to I keep saying it, but it's just a crazy year. And we we don't know if you'll be celebrating with less people this year or, you know, so it might mean less wine. But hopefully our tips will give you some ideas of maybe what you have. If you don't want to go out and get anything, you have a stash of wine and there's something probably in your house that will work. We're going to we're gonna let you know today. So let's start out, Kim. I think our listeners know that you're definitely the bubbly queen. So we have to start out if you have champagne or sparkling or want champagne or sparkling with your Thanksgiving foods. What can we tell the listeners, Kim? What's your tip on sparkling and Thanksgiving foods? So I personally always start out Thanksgiving and Christmas Eve and Christmas Day with bubbles. So at, usually for my family, we're gathering at my in-laws house or my parents house and we have family coming over and doing apples appetizers and, you know, little picky things before the meal. And that's when I usually roll out the bubbles. Not everyone likes bubbles and that is perfectly fine, but I think it is a really nice way to kick off the celebration. And especially because if you're doing a bunch of little appetizers, you know, they're probably all pretty different from each other. And to pick just one wine that goes with everything is really kind of hard. But I think that champagne or various other types of sparkling wine fit the bill really nicely for something that goes with such a variety that it will most people happy if they like bubbles. And it's just an excellent palate cleanser and gets you ready for the main meal. So I like them with appetizers, but that's not to say that you can't drink bubbles throughout the entire meal. Because like I said before, sparkling wine being such a nice palate cleanser, it's really nice with rich foods. So if you've got something on your table that's really rich and creamy, like maybe you have super duper creamy mashed potatoes or anything that has corn in it or um, a creamy casserole, anything like that is going to uh, pair very, very nicely with, uh, with anything with bubbles. Definitely the celebratory beverage of choice, I think, for a lot of individuals. And funny you mentioned that about going with the apps, Kim, because I, I rarely see any 
articles or any pairing advice that say this is the turkey wine. It's like this is the wine before the turkey. This is the wine after the turkey. But I've never seen anything saying pair it with turkey. Have you ever seen it to say pair this with turkey? I feel like I have, but maybe not recently. I think. I it, mean, it would the, work. The, I feel the it would work. The recent conventional wisdom is you want to pair it to the sides. Yeah. Because the turkey itself generally is hopefully it's been cooked well, not well like overdone, but well like you know in a in a good manner. So you have a nice juicy turkey. But as far as the flavor of the turkey, you know, it's like having a plain chicken breast. You know, it's fairly um, really bland. So I don't think that they're really is too much emphasis, like you said, on the bird itself. It's more about those other things that go alongside. But like you said, it does go well with the soup or salads, uh, apps. And also, I, I love the idea of finishing the meal with with a sparkling wine because there's a lot of different styles that work with different desserts mm. or just an after dinner drink to like you said clean your palate after you eat like a pig all this food right <laughs> i try to roll out dessert wines every once in a while at a family meal and i and everyone's like what's that I'm like oh let me introduce you to dessert wine yeah it's a little bit of a um of a different thing for a lot of people so nice that we can let people know that those things are out there and that if they do want to add something a little bit different to their lineup that that is a, a perfectly wonderful way to end the meal with something sparkling or with something sweet so what's kim's tip for the best style of sparkling wine we all know this there's so much sparkling wine out there there's champagne there's prosecco do you recommend any any particular style that would work for everything or any one particular thing stick out to you? What's on Kim's I, sparkling what's on list? Kim's sparkling that? list. So what's usually on Kim's sparkling list, both for uh, deliciousness and for trying to stick to a budget is Cremant from France. And those of you who listen to this show on a regular basis know that I am in love with Cremant um, from a number of different regions in France. So because it is fairly affordable, there's most bottles that we see are $20 or under and very good quality, made like champagne and from the grapes that grow best in those particular regions, uh, I tend to land on Cremant. Uh, there's a particular one from Alsace that Mark and I love that is made from Pinot Noir. So it's pink and one that we use all the time. That's probably the one that I will be using on my Thanksgiving table. But I think a lot of bubble choices honestly come down to what you can spend. So if you can only spend $10 a bottle, get something that is just a generic sparkling wine from France or um, or a Prosecco. There are still some good cavas in the 10 to 12 range as well. If you can afford a splurge and you want to do a good champagne, you if you can do the $40, $50, $60 a bottle, go for it. Get yourself a bottle of champagne. But if you can't, there's nothing wrong with any of those lower, I think, price price point, price tier types of wines. So there, I think that there's something in every budget that is refreshing and delicious and serves multiple purposes and you know, drink them in a mimosa the next morning if there's any left over. Yeah. And when you talk in value, the trend is still continuing to be Prosecco. You can find some really nice Italian Proseccos out there for $10 range that would go really well with a lot of these Thanksgiving foods. So uh, Kim, let's keep with the uh, the idea of this crisp or refreshing type style wines for Thanksgiving. And how about we talk about Sauvignon Blanc and what would you use or pair Sauvignon Blanc with for the meal? So for me, I feel like Sauvignon Blanc is a wine that goes particularly well with lighter dishes 
or with seafood dishes, but also sometimes with those creamier dishes. You know, if you have something with a lot of cheese, sometimes Sauvignon Blanc will go nicely with that. Or if you've got a lot of more vegetable-based dishes. So if you perhaps are having a vegetarian Thanksgiving and don't have too much of like an earthy character to your meal going on, like if you have some dishes with mushrooms, but then some other dishes that maybe have more fresh greens or root vegetables, things like that. Those are the types of dishes that I would put with Sauvignon Blanc. But I have to say that Sauvignon Blanc and turkey, (laughs) to get back to what wine would you pair with the turkey, I actually really do like Sauvignon Blanc with the turkey itself. So I think that those are some of the better things to pair with your Sauv Blancs if that is what you choose to drink and what you have or what you have around the house. I think uh, Sauvignon Blanc is something that works with the just like the sparkling. It's a great starter. It's great with apps. It does work with turkey. It works with seafood if you have seafood dishes. And one of the things I want to ask you, Kim, do you think it matters on the dishes we just talked about, if it's a New Zealand style Sauvignon Blanc or a California Sauvignon Blanc, because the styles can be different. Or if it's a Bordeaux, a white Bordeaux, do you think any one of them sticks out as a better pairing partner for a Thanksgiving meal? Honestly, I kind of think it depends on who you are sharing the meal with. If you are having your Thanksgiving dinner with people who are going to think about the wine and are going to have like thoughtful maybe conversations about how the wines are going with the food, then I might want to do something like a white Bordeaux or do something from California that has a little more ripeness, a little more richness to it. But if you're looking for something that is going to have more just general appeal, maybe you don't have everyday wine drinkers with you, but they are going to have a glass with you with this dinner, then maybe go for something a little more user-friendly like a New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc. So it's not just about what wines are going to go best with what you have on the table, but also what is going to appeal to your group and to your crowd if <laughs> people are having crowds this year. Yeah, so crowd, um, I always crowd, feel like we'll call the group. Yeah. I always feel like um, New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc is such a crowd pleaser. And it's a style that so many people really, really like that it's kind of hard to go wrong if you're looking for a safe choice for a white wine. Yeah, I agree. And there are the different styles can really highlight certain things in the meal. So you can pay attention to if it's a citrusy, if it's a tropical, if it's a pineapple, if it's more of that herbal or grassy type of Sauvignon Blanc can really enhance certain dishes within the meal. Mm -hmm. So let's stay on some white wine here, Kim, and talk now Pinot Grigio. Thoughts on Pinot Grigio with Thanksgiving food? I often will do a Pinot Gris, not a Pinot Grigio. So a Pinot Gris from Oregon. I think the occasional L bottle has landed on my Thanksgiving table in years past, but I really like the richness of Oregon Pinot Gris without the buttery creaminess of a Chardonnay. So a lot of Oregon Pinot Gris, I feel like, taste like un-oak Chardonnays. So if you have a wine that has a little bit more weight to it, it can stand up to those richer dishes a little bit better. So the dark meat of the turkey, or maybe you have something with mushrooms or some of those kind of creamy casseroles, if you've got a green bean casserole that has the mushroom soup in there too. Those kind of things, I think, need a slightly richer style of white wine to stand up a little bit better to them. And I feel like Pinot Gris is a fantastic accompaniment. 
I'm so happy you went there to bring up Pinot Gris. Just, just because, you know, there's so much people think Pinot Grigio, they think right away Italy, Italian. And a lot of times it's just very, very light and it doesn't really very highlight anything with the foods, right? So when you go with the Pinot Gris of the world, especially Oregon, they tend to be, like you said, more weight, more body to them. They have a little bit more apple fruit, which I feel works better with a lot of dishes and it can work Mm -hmm. finishing the meal with like a nice apple pie because it's bringing out that apple fruit. So the choice is you can use an Italian Pinot Grigio to open the meal with apps because it's just very light, cleans your palate. But then as you move into more heavy dishes, definitely think about that Pinot Gris. I think uh, excellent point. And I'm glad we agreed on that. (laughs) Any other white wines on your list? Yeah, I think we have to talk what what's used to be probably the classic white to serve with turkey. And that's Riesling, Kim. And I th- I think over the years, I've seen on the retail side that it's really lost its kind of niche on the Thanksgiving table. What, what do you think about it? I think that's a little bit of a shame because if I had to but, choose- But true or not true? Um, I do think I do think it's true. I, yeah. I don't think as many people are reaching for those bottles of Riesling any longer. And for a while, it was Gewürztraminer was the trendy yes. white wine to have on your Thanksgiving table. I think that lasted for maybe two years. <laughs> yeah. And then it was like, no, 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 no. But Gewurz is a whole story, another story in itself. But um, for the for the Riesling thing, I just find Riesling to be such a compatible wine with so many various types of food that just like sparkling wine, I feel like I can't go wrong by plonking a bottle of Riesling on your table, dry or off dry. Nothing too sweet. Like I think people should probably stay away from, you know, definitely stay away from the Auschleses and those you know, really dry, really sweet ones. If you flip the bottle over for a lot of those American producers, they'll, they give you a sweetness scale on the back that goes from dry to like dessert sweet. So it's a little bit easier these days to be able to tell how sweet your bottle of Riesling is because a lot of the producers in Washington and California have done um, a really beautiful job of coming up with this very simple idea of putting a sliding scale of sugar and sweetness on the back of the bottle. So find something dry or off dry. I feel like those work really quite well. I don't think it's that Riesling for Thanksgiving specifically has fallen off. I think people are just a little wary of Riesling in general. Like, I don't think it's the most popular category at the moment. I still love it. I may have a bottle of that for this year. We'll see. See, I can't have all these bottles of wine open on my table. Yes, There's too two much. drinkers in my family. So. Too much wine, not enough food. Yeah, well, there'll be plenty of that too. But that's the hard thing about this, right? Because there are so many right answers. Like, you really don't have a wrong answer when it comes to what to put on the table for Thanksgiving because yeah. so many things go with so many different kinds of foods and it's really all about making your guests happy. So, and you know, I, I think if nobody Riesling, at your table likes Riesling, I, I think the, the Riesling, I think, really works well if you're going to have a style of turkey that's like really, you're doing something spicy to it, mm. you know, where you're adding a lot of spice. Riesling works, I think, great. And it also, you were talking totally about- totally Rieslings, the sweet styles, they work great if you have sweet desserts. So it can work out in certain parts of the meal. I just don't feel it's one of those things that's going to make everybody happy. Yeah, with I everything. agree. I agree. And over the years, I've, and this was hard for me to realize, but I've come to the realization that as a wine geeky person that I am, and being the one that tends to bring the wines to holiday 
gatherings. It's more about making everyone around that table happy than showing off your esoteric wine knowledge. So it's not about me bringing, oh, I think this is the best wine that'll go with the meal. If half the people at the table aren't going to go near that Riesling because they don't like Riesling, then I shouldn't be bringing Riesling. That was sort of the hard lesson of Gewürztraminer. It's like, oh, there's that poor lonely bottle of Gewürztraminer sitting on the table because nobody wants to drink it. I guess I'm going to drink the whole bottle. So it's about- No one probably knew what it was either. Maybe, I don't know. But I think it's, you know, it's more about that feeling of togetherness and camaraderie and everyone having a good time and enjoying themselves. And if you're sort of pushing unusual wines on people, that, that doesn't really get the job done. You're listening to The Wonderful World of Wine, and we are your hosts, Mark Lindsay and Kim Simone, exploring all things wine with you. If you'd like to get more information about Kim, please go to her website at vinitaswineworks.com. If you'd like to get more information about myself, please go to franklinliquors.com. If you'd like to follow our show, you can find us on iTunes or SoundCloud or anywhere you search The Wonderful World of Wine podcast. And you can find us on Facebook at The Wonderful World of Wine. Today, Kim and I are enjoying talking about what to serve with the bird. It's Thanksgiving time, Kim, and there's so many options in the wine world. We talk every week about what's out there, but Thanksgiving can really put all these ideas on your table. And we've gone through sparkling, we've gone through Pinot Grigio, Riesling. Now I think, Kim, we need to talk to our listeners about the big guy and kind of the more complicated style of wine, and that is Chardonnay pairings with Thanksgiving. What's your thoughts on Chardonnay? So I actually think that Chardonnay can be a smart pairing with Thanksgiving dinner. I didn't always feel this way, but I feel like there are so many styles of Chardonnay out there, whether you want to have something big and buttery and creamy, or whether you want to have something light and crisp and sort of more minerally driven, something like Chablis comes to mind for that. And the reason that I think I think this way is that there are so many dishes that you can have on the Thanksgiving Day table that are really nice accompaniments for Chardonnay. So I was looking at a friend of mine on Facebook had, you know, was sharing this thing a, a couple of weeks ago about what, what the most popular Thanksgiving side dish in every state is. Oh, I saw um, something like that. And it that. really is, huh? I saw something like that. What what was Massachusetts? Stuffing? Uh, Stuffing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So a lot of the country was stuffing. A lot of the country was mashed potatoes. But there was quite a number of places where corn-based dishes were number one, whether you've got cream corn or cornbread stuffing, a lot of biscuits, you know, a lot of things that have more of that earthy kind of characteristic to it, more like buttery things. And those are the types of food that really play really, really well with Chardonnay. So we tend to be talking to a fairly local audience here, but we do have listeners who listen all over the country. And with Thanksgiving being a holiday for all of the United States, we are going to have regional variations on what people have on their Thanksgiving Day tables. So something like those casseroles that are creamy or, you know, something that's big and buttery. If you've basted your turkey with lots of butter and you have a lot of that in there, or if you have, you know, corn pudding or something like that, that's 
It's rich and creamy and corn-based. Those are the types of things that are really nice with Chardonnay. There's just so many different styles. I think that's where the listeners just have to be a little careful because if you pick up that big oaky Chardonnay and your dishes are more creamy and you, you know there is an oaky style, there's a creamy style. You talk there's an unoaked, which is a more fruity style. Then you have something that can be a nuttier style or, or, or burgundy that can mm-hmm. be a little bit more nuttiness to it that works well on maybe walnuts or something like that. So be careful. Just don't pick out any random. Try to figure out what style it is. And most of the time, as we said in the past, Kim, you can tell that style by the by the name, you know, where it says uh, butter this or creamy that or oak tree mm-hmm. this. So um, just be careful. It does work with a lot of dishes, but because of there's so many styles, it can really go the opposite way with your meal. If you have that real heavy, oaky shot, it could just overpower a lot of the dishes that you're serving as well. Let's talk some reds now, Kim. Syrah and Zinfandel. And there's another grape, Zin, that I feel was big on the tables years ago, the go-to kind of red all around Thanksgiving wine. And like Riesling, I feel over the years, this too has kind of fallen on the wayside in the wine I com- world. I completely agree with you, Mark. I remember the days when then when Zinf- red Zinfandel was like the red to have on your Thanksgiving day table for good reason. A lot of people like a richer style of red wine. And because Zins tend to be fairly fruity. I think that they play well with a lot of the flavors that we have on table. You know, you've got your cranberry sauce, if you've got squash dishes, sweet potato dishes, the fruitiness of that wine goes really well with those kind of things. And it goes great with the dark meat of the turkey too. Yeah. I wish there was more popularity for Zinfandel because it is a great variety that I am quite fond of and I think is really delicious. I find lately the zins i've been tasting have gone more the direction i'm talking like california zins mm-hmm. have gone more the direction of more of this like smoky less jammy less dried fruit type zins and that's why i feel uh-huh. it's not as well as a, a pairing on thanksgiving i i like the nice yeah. you know dried jammy bigger more maybe alcohol zinfandels that would go great with a lot of dishes on thanksgiving and then to talk a little bit about Syrah, I think the French like stuff from Rhone where it has a little bit of spice to it. That black pepper awesome. kind of yeah. spice to it. Yeah. I mean, just an awesome pairing uh, if you have any sort of pepper spice or uh, peppercorns or something going on in the meal. It, it's just great. I mean, a little bit more Yeah, you mentioned that, the, that before that you really like that combination of like, you know, like a, a spice rub yeah. kind of. Spice with you know, spice. If you've got like a steak with a spice rub on it and then put the spicy Syrah with it. So that would absolutely work if you've got those similar black pepper or, you know, rich herb or spice notes in some certain things in your meal or rubbed on your turkey that uh, that, the, that the Syrah would go well. Yeah. And in, and in general, back to the Zin, I think the Zin and cranberry or cranberry sauce is the best pairing as far as cranberry. I love that Have combination. Yeah. Have you yeah. found that? I mean, I, I think that it's I just do. Like, if you're just eating cranberry sauce on Thanksgiving, hopefully you're not. <laughs> Uh, I could eat a whole. I'm, I'm one of those guys, though, Kim. I got to ask Lucy, you. Lucy, now, now this is giving me ideas because now I want to make cranberry sauce with Zinfandel. See, that's what I wanted to ask you. Are you a. Yeah, I would totally do that. <laughs> homemade cranberry chunky type cranberry person, or are you the jelly in the can type person? Um, like the- for all of my foodiness, I really like the one in the can. 
Yeah, see? All right. I will admit it. I, I will admit the can. it. I, I love, love the, the can. It's so much easier on a sandwich the next day. It's a nice yeah. thin slice of the canned one. It sits really nicely on your turkey sandwich. So someday we're going <laughs> to split a can of cranberry sauce and some Zinfandel. And some that's, Zin. That's the pairing. All right, let's move on to another red can, which is, I think, over the last few years, when we're talking about grapes going the other direction or wine styles going the other direction, I think this wine over the years, past few years, has become the most popular that I sell on Thanksgiving. That is a Pinot Noir. I think it is. I was going to say, this must be Pinot. Yeah, the most, I feel, versatile. It it goes with so much in the meal. And I think it makes a lot of people happy because if you're a white wine drinker, it's light enough where you'll accept it because you're going to have the food and you're going to have some wine. So what are your thoughts, Kim? Am I my excitement towards it okay yes yes i completely agree pinot noir at this point in time is certainly the wine queen of the thanksgiving day table and has been as you said for a number of years so you know we we've been talking a little bit about sort of these trends for what used to be popular for thanksgiving and now isn't quite so popular pinot is just where it's at right now we don't know what the next popular red wine on thanksgiving day table is going to be i i hope it's pinot noir for a while here to stay because it is, again, so versatile. And I think the particular flavors in a lot of Pinot Noirs do reflect the flavors that we often find on the Thanksgiving Day table. So there are often a lot of earthy notes in Pinot Noir, which if you've got mushrooms or potatoes or root vegetables, those kinds of things, they really complement those flavors very, very well. The same with kind of your sweeter sort of things. So like your squash casseroles, I actually feel like Pinot Noir goes really well with that too, because there is a fruity component to it, not necessarily a a sugary sweetness, but there's a lot of fruity flavor in there. And then back to that cranberry thing, a lot of Pinots have have a nice kind of cranberry raspberry note to them too, which I, I feel along with the Zinfandel also goes nicely with cranberry sauce. So it just, I feel like it's a type of wine that can really unite the entire meal. Like you said, is very appealing to a lot of different palates and kind of brings the whole thing together for me, at least. You mentioned all the points I, I agree with. Fruity, how earthy, it works with sweet stuff. You, you could can like use that. it with desserts, like cherry desserts. The other key point I feel we have to mention is that the acidity in a Pinot Noir is what also complements the foods of, yep. for Thanksgiving. So nice acidity, more acidity than a, than a Zin or a Syrah. So that acidity at times works better with with other dishes. So yep, very refreshing and it cleanses cleanses your palate a little bit after that mashed potatoes. All right. So now we have to talk, Kim. And I know you're the the French wine lover and you're big on French wines. And one of the most popular wines for years on Thanksgiving, people know it as Beaujolais Nouveau, which is the Gamay grape. And we've mentioned a few times, a few articles about Beaujolais Nouveau. What are your thoughts this year on Beaujolais Nouveau? in gamay with Thanksgiving foods. I personally, just like I like Pinot Noir with the Thanksgiving meal, I like Beaujolais with the Thanksgiving meal too. We don't often drink it around here because there are certain members of my family who do not like it and they do not like it with a passion. So we don't do a lot of Beaujolais with Thanksgiving. But every reason? once in a while. What's hmm? the reason? It's too fruity or? I don't know. No? It's just what it's for the same reason that I don't like certain styles of wine. It's just a... That's <laughs> interesting. The visceral yeah. dislike of the grape variety. It seems yes. to be the wine that's just so fruity that people would just like it. 
You know, it's just so easy drinking. Yeah, I don't know. Fresh. Oh, there. I think there are certain flavors in it that some people just don't like. So they're probably disappointed um, that you didn't bring out a better bottle. You know, <laughs> a Cru Beaujolais that you know yeah. is a little bit better quality than a Beaujolais Nouveau. I yeah. have no problem with Beaujolais Nouveau. So this is the week. It comes out. Uh, this is you the know, week. Thir- Next actually, week. third week and th- third fourth week, right just before Thanksgiving, it's released. And this year, more than any other year, I don't know if it's due to the pandemic. There's been no hype, hmm. no pre-sell. I've asked multiple distributors. One told me they took pre-orders and they didn't even fill them, so they didn't bring any in. I have not seen, and I'm not sure we're even going to see a ten dollar, you know, Beaujolais Nouveau on the shelves before Thanksgiving or on Thanksgiving time. So are you going to get any? I have not on pre-order. I'm trying to see if I can just get some. I, I will have some Gamay, but I don't, I'm don't. i not sure about Beaujolais Nouveau. Wow. Um, and even My they, goodness, how things change. Like yeah. 20 years ago, it was like you had to shoo the customers out the door because they were in days case. early looking for yeah. it. And it was all about the design of the label every year. And I've looked oh, the trend wow. over the last few years. My sale has gone down dramatically yeah. every year for the past five years. Crazy, so, man. Yeah. And you can't even get like the um, the Beaujolais. You can't get the higher levels of it as easy as you could either. Now right. it's just the entry level. Yep. Uh, so but it, it is a great food wine, very versatile wine. It's just in popularity over the years. Unfortunately, it's it's dropped off the face of the earth as far as I can see. But yeah. So wow. let's let's just uh, talk now, Kim, about some dessert wines. And do you pair Thanksgiving desserts with wine? Or do you just... I don't. I don't usually. I like to do a dessert wine almost as a separate thing, like not necessarily to go with a particular dessert, but almost like, hey, have a little glass of this as like if you're gonna have a piece of pie and a piece of cake and a glass of dessert wine. It's like just just another dessert yeah. on the table. So settle I like to have it as dessert. Yeah, to settle the meal kind of thing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, I'm also very... going to have a piece of pie and a piece of cake and maybe something else, but... <laughs> it's <laughs> funny. I, I want four desserts. It's, I don't see people coming in saying, I'm looking for a dessert wine because I'm having this dessert. I don't see that anymore. And when I go to a restaurant, I think people look at me funny. My, my wife, I think it's upset with me if I want to order a Banyuls or something with my dessert. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, a little glass. And I love restaurants who serve dessert wines by the glass for that reason. Mm-hmm. It, but you can, if you have, you know, apple pie or some sort of pecan pie, you can find some of the best wines on the planet to pair with those desserts. And we've talked in the past, when you're pairing a dessert with a wine, it should be as sweet or maybe a little sweeter than the dessert to, to pair well. Is it correct, Kim? Do you agree yes, with that? I okay. agree. Sweet with sweet. Yeah. And like if you're talking about port and you have some sort of uh, nutty dessert and you get a nice tawny port, which, you know, anywhere between 20, 25 bucks, it's a beautiful pairing. Uh, You'd be amazed at how that nuttiness of the tawny port works with with nutty dessert. Can I just say that? So I, I did a number of dessert and sweet wine pairings back in my restaurant days. And anything with like a caramel or a creme brulee and nuts. So if you have like a caramel bread pudding with pecans and put it with one of those tawny ports or a nutty sherry, oh my goodness, the pairing is amazing. And you wouldn't expect it because not a lot of people think to do those pairings. And those aren't wines that are people's go-to wines, but 
those uh, those particular combinations are just like it really shows you the wonder that can be had by putting the right wine with the particularly right dish it's just mind-blowing so it's thanksgiving the ultimate i feel dessert has to be apple pie correct again any apple type things right crumbs or pies what do you feel our listeners should know is is your or the recommended go-to dessert wine you would pair with an apple pie? You just mentioned caramel on top. Would you maybe put a tawny port if you maybe had a, a tawny caramel? port? Yeah. I find that ice wine is incredibly versatile for going with dessert things. So if I had to pick one bottle of wine to put on a dessert table, if there was a lot of other stuff going on, I'd probably go with an ice wine. Yeah, I agree with that. And I but think a lot of times the, the toppings, if you would use in some some like uh, whipped cream or or cream based topping you could do a nice creamy chardonnay it would work if you're doing more nutty you can go with the more nutty route or caramel there's a lot of dessert uh you turned me on to that uh, muscat the uh, the orange what was the brand mm. oh Asencia? yes the, or S- the orange it, muscat the yeah i mean that essencia essencia i think is just that could work the sweetness of that there's just so many choices they're just unusual wines that people just don't go looking for you and of course we started out with it, but the sparkling wine, a Prosecco would, would work nice with an apple pie because of the nice apple fruit and the nice freshness, I think would, would work really well. And it really just sort of rounds out the meal and makes it something a little extra special. Well, let's talk one last thing to our listeners, Kim, before we end this what to serve with the bird is how about rosé on the Thanksgiving table? Absolutely. Rosé goes with everything. Yeah. I'm glad we agree on that too. <laughs> And we I agree always on say, so much. I know we, I've probably said this before to our listeners, but I don't like the rosé the day of Thanksgiving, but the day after when I'm eating a turkey leftover sandwich, love it. That's I think a great idea. It is the perfect pairing for a leftover turkey. What about during the meal? Highlight, I mean, goes well with the turkey, right? Goes it has well with acidity the to go yep. with the, the apps and you, a nice starter, people coming in. Can go Anything? with some of those earthier notes too. I just think like sparkling wine, it's it's so incredibly versatile. You can put it with a lot of different things. Any other styles of wines or recommendations, food and wine for Thanksgiving, Kim? That's One that I've had you? good luck with, but is a little off the beaten path is Gruner Veltliner from Austria. Kind of in the same vein as those Pinot Gris, where you've got a refreshing kind of on the lighter side, but something that's very, I feel like, crowd-pleasing for the white wine drinkers who maybe aren't super into wine, but they want something refreshing and delicious and lovely and palate cleansing. Yeah, Gruner to me is like that Gewurz. It's out there. It works, but it's it's obscure but that it, no one knows about it's it. It's a little esoteric. Yeah. yeah. Now, yeah. what about, Kim? The, the one thing I wanted to ask you is, do you think there's any wine style or type that you should totally avoid on your Thanksgiving table? I stay away from heavy Cabernets. So like, I don't think I would ever bring Bordeaux to Thanksgiving. We have had good luck with some Italian wines. We have, we're, we have an Italian background in my family. So every once in a while, uh, Chianti will be the star of the Thanksgiving day table. But I think that there are more good choices than there are wrong or or bad choices. But I, I just wouldn't do something too, too heavy. Heavy. You're saying more weight than more tannic, more bitter? I would say both. Yeah. Both. Yeah. Because you could find, you know, cabs that are just light, easy drinking, unoaked that I mm-hmm. feel would work. But if, like you said, if they're full bodied with a lot of tannins, it just the bitterness, everything would just overpower all that work you did to create that meal. Yeah, and okay. I love that you said Chianti or Sangiovese from, from Italy because the acidity works so well. 
And I, for years, I always bug my wife to add pasta on the table. <laughs> and, we know, have the same conversation in my family. And that's why the, the Chianti would work perfect with the red sauce, but it also, the acidity works well with all the other things in, in the meal. So yep. I'm glad you mentioned it. And, uh, <laughs> hopefully my, my wife hears this year and I have some at least sneak some ravioli or something on Italians the Italians got to have pasta as the first course. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I'll sneak some ravioli in too. Ooh, I wonder if my husband will listen to this show. <laughs> See, he better be. He better be listening. <laughs> well, I think that wraps up the whole what to serve with the bird, Kim. And I, I think uh, it's been another, I, I'm just happy we talked another Thanksgiving show. Yeah. And uh, thankful every week we get to, to talk wine with our listeners. And thank you for putting up with me and bugging you uh, all week about what we should talk about. And uh, hopefully everybody just enjoys a nice meal somehow and with a nice wine and uh, we'll get through this. Well, I am thankful for you. I am thankful for our listeners. I am thankful to be able to do this every week um, and that we're able to have these great conversations and bring a little wine knowledge to the land and uh, stay safe, everyone. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. Thank you for listening to us today on The Wonderful World of Wine. We've been your hosts, Mark Lenzi and Kim Simone. You can find us on Facebook at The Wonderful World of Wine. Please leave us your questions and comments, and we would be happy to answer them on the air. And you can find past episodes on SoundCloud and iTunes. Cheers. Cheers, everybody. Wine, wine.